This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Conservative. Constitutional. It's the Andrew Cooper Writer Show, keeping you informed on what's going on right here in Kentucky. And welcome, everybody, to another amazing day here on the Andrew Cooper Writer Show. Hopefully, everybody had a fantastic Christmas. Sorry about the last two days to y'all. I was obviously off for the holidays, spending time with my family, as I think all of you were as well. But we're back at it today, Wednesday, ready to make a difference here in Kentucky. Hopefully, you're with me. And over this next week or so, this is my personal, quote-unquote, festivist time with the Kentucky state government. This is the time I take to dig into the last year's financial spending, salaries. Uh, you know, there's there's some, quote-unquote, uh, uh, repeat offenders that I often look at, people like the Kentucky Council on the Arts, which tends to fund ridiculous things, research, universities, those kinds of government entities that I dig into to see how our tax dollars are being spent. Now, I do this for two reasons. First, because, well, it, it adds credence to part of our conversation about how our state government does mishandle money so much. And, and it helps me out, too. And it, hopefully this information helps you out for when you're talking to people and you say, look, the government is spending too much money. And they say, well, where do you want to make cuts at? Well, by listening to this show, we give you places to make cuts at. We give you places to point out. And I know a lot of legislators do take a listen to the Andrew Cooperwriter show. I do appreciate it. So hopefully maybe you hear something, you dig into it, you ask some more questions about it, and perhaps it makes it as a writer into the budget to stop spending some of this ridiculous money that we do on absolutely ridiculous things. Hopefully. Because that's how we ultimately end up making a difference. And this is more important than ever. Because just if you remember, this year we will not be getting an income tax break. We've been getting a half a percentage cut over the last several years. But this year, no such luck. Why? Well, because the legislators in Frankfurt spent too much money. That's right. Remember, the bill and the structure that they passed originally in order to lower our tax rates required two things. One, it required... Uh, that we hit certain revenue goals, we blew that out of the water, but it also requires that they only spend certain amounts of money and they went over. So because the decisions the legislators make, we don't get a pay cut this year. Now they could do it anyway, say our bad, we we messed up, we didn't fulfill our end of the bargain. You know, you all paid your taxes and hit the number we gave, uh, like it's a goal, I guess, which is weird for the government to have a goal amount of tax money. But anyways... <laughs> Um, but we, you hit it. It's on us. We spent too much. We're going to give you the break anyways and watch our spending tighten our belts. But of course we 
may not be so lucky. So today I'm going to focus on contracts. So there's a statutory committee in the legislature called uh, the Contract Government Contract Review Committee. And they take a look at every single contract that a state entity issues and they can approve or disapprove it. Now the legislative branch and, and the General Assembly is only in session for so many months a year at the beginning of the year. Outside of that, they're very limited on the power that they have. But what this statutory committee does, it reviews all these contracts. They can call people in to testify on contracts that they want to. I've played you in the past some testimony from this committee. And then if they dislike a contract, they can vote to disapprove it. Well, then that goes over to the governor's administration, office of the controller, the finance a cabinet a director guy there, the, the guy in charge of the finance cabinet, he can override their decision to approve or disapprove and put the contract in place anyways. But, but what the legislators can do when they get back into session is they can make one bill saying all these contracts that we said no to are hereby null and void, they're marked out and pass it as a former bill. Then, if the governor vetoes said bill, the legislators can vote to overcome that veto, and it can become final law. Because remember, it is the legislative branch that has complete control of the purse springs. So that's why uh, it's, it's incredibly important that our legislators be voting no on these contracts. But so often they don't. So often we have to call them out on it. There's going to be a few contracts we go over which have some stories behind it. Now, there's a few things you're going to see on these contracts. So for those of you that are just listening, hey, that's cool. You can just listen to the audio. You'll understand everything that's going on. But for those of you watching this in the video format, you're going to be seeing me throw up my sources. Uh, my sources on these contracts is going to come from the, the meeting materials, the contract list that is publicly available after every single or going into every single meeting of the statutory committee, you can look at the contracts they're going to approve and you can look and, and, and tell your legislator how you feel about them, especially if they're on the committee. Tell them, hey, I don't like that contract. You should be voting no on that contract. You have that ability as a citizen. They have that ability as a legislator. So as we look at it, you're going to see some different uh, information. The, the length of the contract we want to pay attention to. Also, there's some funding source. So sometimes the state, of course, is doing things as federal pass-through. So, you know, uh, Medicare, Medicaid, uh, some federal programs, it provides that money to the states and then the states have to actually administer those funds. So you may see a funding source of federal. Sometimes you'll see a funding source of agency. Sometimes you'll see a funding source of general fund, so on and so forth. And you also see the universities in here. Here's why everything's included regardless of the funding source. The state government needs to be holding the federal government accountable to its own spending situations and being fiscally accountable. I mean, recently uh, we saw a story out of Iowa where the governor there, Kim Reynolds, had said, look, we're not going to opt into this federal uh, food assistance program. So this is a carryover, of course, from COVID programs and what it was and what it is. And, and I'm sure Kentucky's opting in because our governor's a liberal. And what it does is it provides an EBT card, a food stamps card to parents who have a kid that goes to public school. They get sent this EBT card and per child uh, that they have in the home going to public school, they get $40 a month in food assistance. Now, this is obviously for a lot of ways wasteful. Back when my kid went to 
public school. He would go to, he went to a public school that everybody qualified for a federal food quote unquote program because enough percentage of the district or they lived in the right area or the, the, the whatever it's something with the school building if it's in the right area it automatically every student qualifies for free student lunches you couldn't even pay for a kid's lunch if you wanted to they didn't even have the apparatus for it you couldn't send your kid to school and say go buy the lunch i don't want the government cheese you can't do it and so what ended up happening is i would see people with porsche panameras <laughs> no joke teslas porsches mercedes you know People, and obviously I had the means, I could pay for my kids' own lunch, getting in there, but getting this free student lunches. It's a complete waste of money. Now for kids, families, and everything else, when you start getting into food assistance, that's, of course, one of the places where we need reform. We can make cuts. The government can do it better. But of course, it's a, a third rail. You don't touch it. You don't mess with it too much because obviously of all the welfare programs, providing a free lunch to kids isn't necessarily the one that you want to start targeting, but this is taking it beyond that. This is saying, even when you're out of school, we're going to give this to you. Your family doesn't even have to qualify for EBT on their own. So your parents could be making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. The kids' parents could be, they can more than happily pay for it, but yet they're going to get $40 a month on this EBT card, a waste of taxpayer funds. And I think Kim Reynolds is right to say this program is unsustainable. It has no means testing to it. You're, you're introducing children to this idea that they need to be provided by, by the government right away. I know it's super controversial. If you bring this up, if you say, I don't think the federal government should be providing food to every single child, regardless of their parents' income status, I think it's a waste of taxpayer funds. Because and it's it's setting an example that they need the government to take care of them. It's also telling parents that they shouldn't take care of their kids. Now, if they need the help, they need the help. Let's have that discussion on where that line is. But if you're driving around Porsches, you're driving around fifty, sixty thousand dollar cars. I don't think you need the help. I don't think you think that either, honestly. But of course, Kim Rolls getting all tore up by the liberal media over that. But that's an example of where federal government's paying for the bulk of it, but it still costs state money in that case to administer the program. And honestly, some of the federal government stop wasting money on these items. So we're going to be digging into what these things are. We're going to be digging into these contracts, what our state government's been spending our money on after this short break. You're listening to The Andrew Cooperator Show, your source for Kentucky politics. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. And you are back with the Andrew Kubrater Show, your source for Kentucky politics from a constitutional and conservative perspective. Of course, I'm your host, Andrew Kubrater. And as I mentioned, it's Festivus Week, inspired by Rand Paul's federal government Festivus. Uh, throughout this week, I'll be talking specifically about places where our government has absolutely gone out of control with spending. Specifically today, we're focusing on contracts. Let's look at the first one here. So First contract is out of the Kentucky Lottery Corporation. Uh, this is, if you notice, this is just a month and a half 
of contract length, and they're paying $25,000 to provide funds for random number generator systems and related services. Now, for those of you unaware why I'm pointing this out is such a waste, $25,000 in a month, you can literally go on Google now and go random number generator. And you just found, oh, Google offers a random number generator. I can sit here and say uh, number one through 100 generate uh, 22, 96, 58, 2, 78, 56, 39, 20. I can sit here and do that. There's obviously a way to automate that too. That is not an expensive system. That is very small amount of code needed to accomplish that. I have some investments in tech industry, so I kind of have some idea here of what's going on. That is a very simple code. $25,000 being spent on it is absolutely ridiculous. For 25 grand, I will sit here. You know what? I won't just do eight hours a day for you. I will sit here. 24 seven and I'll get somebody to sub in, you know, me and my wife can tag team it. And anytime you need a number generated, we'll generate it for you. We'll give it to you right away. No limit. We'll just keep you going with numbers and you can pay us 25 grand for a month and a half's work. I think uh, I would be willing to take that agreement. I think you would probably be willing to take that as well. Moving on here, Northern Kentucky University providing $25,000 for cooking and emotional counseling. Now, at first you're like, Andrew, that doesn't necessarily sound like a waste. $25,000 for coaching and emotional counseling. By the way, you're going to see some universities throughout that I'm calling out for this ridiculousness. Why? Because our state government provides them millions of dollars a year. Public universities receive millions upon millions upon millions of dollars from you, the taxpayer, every single year. We deserve to call them out. We can call them out because every dollar they spend, regardless of where it's coming from, is a dollar they could be spending elsewhere. That's a dollar of our money, right? It's fungible. Money's fungible, right? Just because I say, hey, I need a uh, hundred bucks to make rent. My mom gives me a hundred bucks. And then I also buy a TV for a hundred bucks. I can say, mom, I, I use that hundred bucks for rent but I also bought this TV, but we all know I actually spent her hundred bucks on a TV because her giving me the money for the rent freed up money elsewhere. So that's why us giving them money than them using it for this does get called out by me uh, so much in this. And so coaching and emotional counseling, you say, Andrew, that's not too bad. You know, 25 grand coaching and emotional counseling. Um, you know, their staff, maybe their students need some, some emotional counseling and create a, a little bit. 25 grand isn't too much either. Well, let me read what the contract specifically is. It provides funds for career coaching and emotional counseling. You're like, okay, career coaching, emotional counseling. Sounds good. Maybe it's for the students, right? But no, that's not who it's for. According to the contract, this is for departing employees with relevant practical career skills, resumes, and covered letter development, networking, interview skills, and coaching slash counseling. It is $25,000 to help your leaving employees find jobs and help them find other jobs. Now, you could be saying, look, maybe this is a termination situation package or something else, but let me ask you this. Does anywhere else in the private industry do your employer, when you're leaving them, provide you coaching and emotional counseling to help you find new jobs? No, if they're terminating you early, they say, well, here's a severance package, possibly. If they're violating their contract with you, they say, here's a severance package. Maybe, that, maybe that's a part of your benefits. And then you spend that money how you want to. You spend it finding a job, paying your bills. You can get your emotional counseling and, and, and training and everything else. No other 
place on time. And I'm sure that employees leaving, if they're leaving under those situations, are still getting those severance packages, of course. But on top of that, they're also providing a career counseling and coaching to these people leaving the company, leaving the university as employees leave it. That seems like a giant waste to me. You know, and if any of these things I'm talking about, you say, Andrew, I disagree. I don't think that's a giant waste. Send, send me your comments on it. You can email info at theandrewshow.com, info at theandrewshow.com. I'll be talking about that. I want to hear. If you say, Andrew, I think that's a necessary expense. I want to hear you say why. And I want to respond to that on the air. So that's info at theandrewshow.com. Here we go. Here's what's next. From Northern Kentucky University, they're spending $161,750 on an executive search to fulfill the president position at Northern Kentucky University, to fill that position. Now keep in mind, the Northern Kentucky University president is paid $360,000 a year. $360,000. This is almost half of that salary going to just filling that position. And you're going to see this a few times. You're going to see executive search contracts throughout. And I want you to keep in mind, what is the HR department for? These people are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on salaries for an HR department at all these universities. And yet they have to go out and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. You're going to see more of these on executive searches to fill president positions instead of their own HR group doing the recruiting job. Why don't you have one in-house recruiter recruiting for all these people? Surely you can find one or two, I mean, $161,000. You can hire two people, pay them 80 grand a year to recruit all positions you need covered for that kind of money. Not just this one job, but instead, what are they doing? They're kicking this out there. What do we got next here? Speaking of executive search, we have KCTC systems. Now remember, can, can uh, KCTC had a big president search this year? For those of you who can't remember, that ended with Ryan Quarles, uh, outgoing former agricultural commissioner. Like he, it's just changing over to Jonathan Shell from from Ryan Quarles to Jonathan Shell, and they spent <laughs> at one, two, three. They spent at one, two, three four, five, six different executive search forms, firms to find college presidents, presidents, and executive leaderships at these universities. And these contracts are massive, 120 grand, 150 grand, 250 grand, 200,000, 200,000, 250,000. Those, that's a dollar amount, those six contracts. That totals up to two point one million dollars in salary, not 2.1, sorry. That's $1.17 million from KCTC in executive search money. Okay. The president's paid 360 K. And if you take chancellors, college presidents and vice presidents, they're on average paid about 175 K a year. There's about 20 of them. Even if you have to fill half of them and that president, that's 2.1 million in salary. And you're spending 1.1 million to recruit and cover it. Hire one or two recruiters. 1.17 million. You can hire yourself two recruiters, pay them both 100 grand a year. That is five years worth of their salary right there at 100 grand a year each. Five years worth of their salary. And you can fill not just one or two president positions. You can have them fill in all kinds of positions for you. Once again, what is the HR departments for? 
at these universities? What are they for? I ask you. Doesn't make any sense. What else we got? We got uh, a Department of Workforce Investment spending $206,810 provide funds for the planning and technical assistance of the Education Labor Cabinet, Department of Workforce Development, and the execution of the Digital Equity Act. Digital Equity Act. Now, uh, you're going to see this coming up. Anytime they're going to mention equity, diversity, equity, inclusion, those kinds of things, I'm going to call that out as a wasteful spending because it is forwarding this, this liberal and communistic idea that equity matters, not equality, but equity. And so what this is doing is, is they're seeking to uh, provide internet across the state. Great, we, we, we have a plan already for that. We have money in place to get that broadband in place. We're working on a different grant program, federal government to get that done. What's the situation here? Why are we having to spend $206,000 for planning and technical assistance to execute it. See, this is the other thing about these federal government programs. They'll come in and say, okay, we're going to create this Digital Equity Act. They'll fund it to a certain amount. You'll say, wow, they're doing $10 million or, or $2 billion or $3 billion at the federal level for digital equity to get everybody internet. That's good money. Why can't everybody get internet? Well, this is why government sucks at everything. Because not that, that $10, $10 billion, let's say, or $2 billion or whatever it is, that isn't the only money. That isn't rubber meets the road money. No, you have situations like this $206,000 that has to be spent, supposedly has to be spent, just in order to plan and support engagement activities required by the Digital Equity Act, supposedly required by it. That's ridiculous. That's money coming out of those billions. Every state's been in that money. And, and it just, that's where our tax dollars get so misused. When you actually go into it, for every dollar you give to the government, only maybe half on the high side gets returned in actual services, rubber meets the road services. The rest is going to salaries, administration, paperwork, programs uh, funded to teach people how to fund the program. I mean, this stuff gets absolutely ridiculous and it's a complete waste of our money. Coming up on a break here. Let me see if I can uh, get one more in here for you. I don't think I'll have time. Okay, so coming up after this, we're going to go over uh, the next one to cover is Department of Public Health spent $25 million on COVID testing over the last year. $25 million on COVID testing over the last year. We'll be talking about that after this short break. You're listening to The Andrew Cooper Show. As a reminder, please be emailing me, info at theandrewshow.com. Once again, that's info at theandrewshow.com with your comments, concerns, questions about these contracts. If you disagree with me calling out that spending, I want to hear. If you agree with me, send that over too. It makes me know that you're listening and you appreciate the work we're doing to try to expose just how crazy the spending problem is here in Kentucky. We'll see you after this short break. And you are back with the Andrew Cooperwriter Show. Today's a very special episode. We're going over. This is the kickoff of my kind of festivist week. Throughout this week, I'll be talking about various ways your government's wasting your money. Sorry to ruin your new year by talking about things that hopefully upset you, get you angry, get you wanting to get active. But hopefully that motivates you to do something. That motivates you to contact your legislator. That motivates you to tell other people about the Andrew Cooperwriter show. That motivates you to, to get involved. If you're not, get involved, right? So for the break, I kind of teased this. We'd be looking at this $25 million for COVID testing. 
Now, can we reflect on now? I, I, I've dug through all these contracts. I can't find anywhere where we're spending tens of millions of dollars on flu testing on literally any other kind of testing. But yet, can we reflect on we are this far removed? COVID doesn't cross our minds most of the time. The only time COVID probably crosses your mind is when you remember something like inflation or high gas prices or all kinds of other things that were caused by the mishandling of the COVID situation, mainly by Democrats. So maybe that reminds you, or maybe you see one of these wackadoodles still wearing a mask outside and you chuckled to yourself about how crazy these people are and how some people just can't let go. Just can't let go. They got to they gotta keep it going, right? But outside of that, outside of that, most of you probably don't even think about it. But yet we're still spending tens of millions of dollars, tune of $25 million providing COVID testing. And you say, Andrew, $25 million? What's that work out to? Well, $25 million, if, if you go into CVS right now and you get a PCR COVID test and you self-pay, it's 70 buckaroonies. So if you go into CVS, not getting some kind of you know volume discount, which I'm sure the state gets, you're going to pay $70. So that ends up being, this $25 million is enough for 357, 142 COVID tests. Now, keep in mind the population of Kentucky's, you know, 4.4 million. You're like, Andrew, that's, that's not quite, that's not a whole lot. That's, that's right around about 10% or so probably. Well, but let's look at where they're specifically testing. Right, they're testing uh, patients and staff at Kentucky's long-term facilities, children and staff at residential care facilities, as well as Cabinet for Health and Family Services regulated facilities and populations approved by the Secretary of the Kentucky Cabinet for Health and Family Services. These testing services shall provide prevention, detection, and infection control of the COVID-19 disease. So this is specifically COVID testing, disease testing for COVID. And it's only at certain facilities. And my point about this is twofold. One, if you want to say we're doing testing, roll it in with your other testing. You know, you do flu testing, things like that. If somebody at a long-term care facility gets sick, okay. I don't see why Medicare Medicaid ain't kind of paying for that. I don't see why this is its own individual line item in the budget, though. But that just goes into how we still treat COVID. But they're, they're getting at least 400,000 tests here from this. You got to ask, are, are you testing? To, I mean, the it's the price point for me too. I don't believe they're issuing 400,000 tests. I bet you they're spending more than $70 a test. I could, dollars of donuts almost guarantee it because last time I looked at their COVID testing amount and cost, it was almost twice that of what you went in to CVS to pay for. As in, I could take this contract and literally just run all the tests over to CVS and make 100% profit pretty much. Or, well, it'd be 50% of my gross would be net profit, but you understand what I'm saying. 100% on COGS. Cost of goods sold. But anyways, point is, is that it's it's absolutely ridiculous. They're not doing 400,000 tests. We know they're spending more. It's absolutely, once again, out of control. Let's take a look here. Here's another uh, Kentucky Lottery number generating system. There are 25 grand for that. As I said, willing to volunteer, willing to generate all the random numbers you need. Uh, I can do that for you right off Google there, as I covered earlier in today's show. Now, here's an interesting one. So there's several of these. I'm going to read through them. I'm going to read through one of their contracts. I'm going to show you several of them. But what this is is this is a contract coming from the Economic Development Office of the Secretary. And this is going to private, um, I think they're nonprofits. It gets a little hazy. 
And these are these groups all around the state that kind of focus in the startup world, tech startup world, uh, Sprocket out of Paducah. You got Awesome Inc. out of Lexington. Um, you got one out of Louisville. We'll, we'll list that one out. And these are, these are private entities that receive millions of dollars from us. I'm going to go through this in order to, and this is right from their contract. Okay. This is to maintain a detailed database for identifying the stakeholders and assets within a region, recording contacts between the regional office and other entities, and have a plan for gathering and collecting data from stakeholder holders within the region, develop and implement a plan to address inclusiveness within the region, including developing and supporting programs within the region that engage minorities, women, and other diverse individuals and entities within the entrepreneurial community. So basically what their funding is here, they're funding programs in order to target diverse individuals in order to help them start a business, okay? And there's several of these contracts. We got one to the Central Region Innovation Center, one to Shaping Our Appalachia, one to Amplify Louisville, that's the tech starty up one there, one to Awesome Inc. Uh, in Lexington, one to Blue North in Northern Kentucky, these kind of regional groups that have been set up. And the total of all the money they're being awarded, some have been awarded, you know, 750,000, some three, 400,000. The total add up there is $3,015,000 awarded out to these groups in order for them to create an economic uh, program, a program to target diverse individuals to help them start a business. Now, first off, last I checked, this is being funded with our tax dollars. These are programs that shouldn't be targeting diverse individuals or this or that. It should be anybody who's a taxpayer in Kentucky should have access to these programs equally because it's being funded by your tax dollars. That's first thing. Here's the second thing. It wouldn't be so hard to start a business if here in Kentucky, it was just easier to operate a business. I am not kidding. Kentucky might be. I've owned businesses in other states because we've done quote unquote business in other states. So you have to own a business there too in order to kind of do that. I've owned businesses in other states. I've dealt with the bureaucratic hurdles in a lot of other states. And I can tell you this, Kentucky is, if not one of, is the hardest state in the nation to do business in. The amount of entities I have to send documents to yearly, quarterly, monthly, is out of this world and it creates an expense. You have a business doing a million dollars, you can expect to spend 50 to $100,000 a year just on gathering and getting together these forms, these documents, paying people to, to overlook it. I mean, you, you, if you've got a business doing a million a year, you almost need a full-time person just to stay on top of the government documents and places you have to file it. Then on top of that, then the tax monies you have to file so if you think about this for a second, you make a million a year, you're out 200 grand, 300 grand right off the bat, just in taxes, just in paying somebody to administer those and get that into the state, just in all those costs, you're paying hundreds of thousands of dollars, 10, 20% of your business revenues. It's out of this world. It's crazy. It's literally crazy. And that causes higher prices. That causes less pay to employees. That causes you, the consumer, having to pay more for things because the government is a leech and it's sucking at your pocket in other ways. More than just the sales tax you pay 
you then also are paying for an increased inflated product because the person who has to administer and make sure those sales tax get paid to the government, well, the business has to pay for it. The person who has to file those reports of income tax to, to both your, your school. Here in Lexington, you have to pay an income tax as a business to your schools, your city, your state, your federal government. You'd file all four of those forms and pay a tax. I, I literally paid Fayette County Public Schools thousands of dollars this year as a business, as a tax. And I have to pay somebody to prepare those returns. That gets translated into higher costs. And so rather than spending $3 million on this, why don't you save that money? Recognize that if you have to help people start a business, maybe it's because it's too darn hard here in Kentucky to do it. Take a good hard look at your administrative regulations and your legal regulations, pare them down, make it easier to own a business in Kentucky. And then also you can save money on the administers administrating all these forms and taxes and everything else. But that would just be too hard to accomplish. Well, you're listening to the Andrew Cooper Show. Coming up, last segment, we'll be digging into this more. We've got more to cover. We'll have that after this short break. And you are back with the Andrew Cooper Show, continuing on with our Festivus Week, our digging into out-of-control spending. We'll go into a few more of these uh, crazy contracts we have going on out of our state, absolutely out of control. Now, here's one from the Kentucky Lottery. This is $17 million to provide funds for the iLottery system, game content and related services, including gaming services, game design and content, operational services, player hotline support services, mobile app, graphic design services, ongoing software support. The game system also includes banking solutions, identifying management and geolocation services. This is all for the Kentucky Lottery Corporation to provide online gaming. Now, up until just a few years ago, Kentucky didn't allow you to gamble online with the lottery because you weren't allowed to gamble with credit cards. But starting a few years ago, our state government, with a, with a regulatory change, decided, yeah, well, let's let the Kentucky citizens go into debt gambling, use a credit card gambling, and then let's let them do it online. As soon as they started letting them do it, on their credit card there, they then opened it up online. Let's let them gamble online. Now, I got a little thing for you, okay? Now, some of you know how I feel about gambling. Some of you don't. I don't personally like it too much. I've gambled before, obviously. I've gambled a little bit. Nothing crazy. I don't get out of control. A few bucks here or there, right? I've set my limits, everything else. Gambling's not a problem. I have. And I am uh, of the belief that I don't believe, personally, that gambling is necessarily a sin. You cast lots in the Bible. They gamble in the Bible for land, which is the equivalent of money. They cast lots for decisions. There is gambling in the Bible, but the problem with gambling is, is much like some other things, much like, in my opinion, drinking, it provides opportunity to create other sinful behavior. So gambling lays a good foundation for you to be able to commit the sin of love of money. Much the same way that drinking allows you to commit a whole lot of other sins, especially drinking to excess. That's why the Bible says, do not become a drunkard, right? But putting aside philosophical differences on gambling or anything else, regardless of how you feel about it, one thing we should all be able to agree upon is that the state government should not be facilitating people 
to go into debt on their credit card. They shouldn't be using Capital One as a loan shark to fulfill their gambling habits, but that's exactly what the state of Kentucky is doing. They're spending $17 million to do it. It's wrong. That's an evidence of a government who just absolutely hates you. Continuing on here. $2.25 million for advertising for the Kentucky Lottery, right? Once again, if you want to gamble, okay. But to sit there and push your citizens to gamble, to, to prey upon them with marketing, to force them to give more money to the state. Because remember, that's who you're benefiting, right? The state makes millions off of this. And so to market you to make bad decisions to a degree, if you want to, everybody knows you can gamble. If you want to gamble, if you want to get a scratcher, get a scratcher. You want to you go and, and, and buy a Powerball ticket, buy a Powerball ticket. They don't need to market it to you, though. I just think that's wrong. The government's spending money to get you to gamble. I just think that's wrong. Let's see here. A million dollars for a human resource consulting out of California. Now, this one made the list for a few reasons. One, there was a Kentucky company who bidded on this who was cheaper. They should have gotten the contract. Two, we should never be hiring a California company that boycotts Kentucky companies to then do our HR consulting. I just think that's, I, we shouldn't be spending a million dollars to have California do our HR consulting, but that's what we're doing. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, we've got um, $38,372 for implicit bias training. That's right. Everybody's racist. You just don't realize it. Uh, it's been widely disproven that these implicit bias testing is absolutely uh, unscientific, out of control, is being used the wrong way. But yet, we're spending $38,372 testing to see if you are racist and just don't realize it. And this is specifically to work on improving their implicit bias testing because they recognize, of course, it sucks. So rather than just abandoning this idea of trying to teach everybody that they're racist, instead, they're going to go ahead and spend $38,372. What else we got here? University of Kentucky social media ads, $23,900. This is uh, made the list because they're trying. These are advertisements used to target Men that have sex with men living in Kentucky and inform them of HIV testing opportunities, monkeypox vaccinations, and other medical services. $23,900 doing a few things. One, we are, we are advertising. We're taking your tax dollars to advertise for the pharmaceutical companies. That's first. And second, I got to ask you, $23,900, do they not already know there's HIV testing going on out there? Do they not already know there's monkeypox vaccinations out there and available? They just need to call somebody up. Yet we're spending $23,900 on social media ads targeting gay men that apparently don't know that there's HIV testing opportunities out there, monkeypox vaccinations. You know, maybe, I'm just saying, gay men don't know that. I think they do. All right, here we go. $1.3 million. 1.3 million, uh, $26,250 doing behavioral risk factor surveillance data collection. This one made the list because they're paying $1.3 million to do 4,500 surveys over the phone, landline and cell phone surveys. They want to oversample to specifically African American populations to, to, to look at health disparities by race. So first off, 
This made the list for two reasons. Second off, concerning yourself, I think about racial health disparities is absolutely useless. No doctor is looking at a list saying, oh, well, they're black. I don't want to treat them. And nobody at all, nobody is sitting there saying, unless you're, you're saying something like, I don't know, like, I think it's sickle cell anemia, which is specifically targets people of certain skin hues. Unless you're talking about a situation that is targeting people simply because of genetics, because of their skin color like that, worrying specifically about black health versus white health and everything else, not only is it divisive, but it ruins the entire idea that every single person is of value and every single life matters. But of course, all lives aren't supposed to matter. And so this made the list for one reason. First, spending this kind of money trying to oversample and target to figure out what is what, what, what are minorities specifically dealing with in health risks instead of looking at this a broader thing of saying, is it socioeconomical status? Is it geographical area usage? That would be a much better indicator to help not just black people in an area, but white people in the area too, that maybe because they, they don't fall into the statistics, right? Their life now is viewed as not as valuable as their white counter as a black counterpart in the same area that gets different services now offered to them simply because of their skin color. But on top of that, that works out. Okay. These are cell phone and landline surveys over the phone surveys. This works out to $294 a survey, $294 a survey. Even if every survey took an hour to complete and which is which is high. It would never take an hour. You're paying three hundred dollars, even if the the person doing the survey is getting paid. Even if they're getting paid a hundred bucks, you're now spending two hundred for the person taking the survey an hour. If it's an hour long survey, and I don't think it is, complete scam. Here we go next. Another sixty five thousand dollars doing an executive search to fill Jason Glass's position. $47,000 at KCTC in order to research high school students, counselors, and incumbent workers to evaluate their awareness and understanding as well as their attitude towards careers in the machine tool industry. I'm, I'm going to save you the money. I'll save you the 47000 Okay, you ready? Uh, K Kentucky Community Technical College System. I'm going to, you know, KCTC. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you. They don't even know what that is. Okay, save yourself the money. They have no attitudes towards it because they don't even know what it is. Then finally, I posted about this one on Twitter and Facebook already. Commonwealth Alliance is being paid $27,500 by WKU to lobby the state government, to lobby the state legislature. So the state legislature who oversees the contract review committee approved a contract to Commonwealth Alliances, to lobby the state legislature. They're literally spending $27,500 of tax money to give to a private lobbyist to then lobby the same people approving this lobbyist's contract. What? <laughs> can, can we not just pick up the phone? Absolutely out of control. It's all out of control, guys. And this just takes, we're going to be going into more crazy out of control spending the rest of this week, though. I do want to bring this up. So the total of everything I talked about today, $52,406,832. $52.4 million. What we talked about today, wasteful spending. 
Things that can be cut from the budget, in my opinion. Things where we can save our money and do better. Things where you should be demanding your legislator do better. But we'll be back here tomorrow with another wonderful episode of The Andrew Cooper Show. Till then, I'll be seeing you.